welcome to Pastors After Dark. I'll be your host this evening. My name is Ferris Storm, and this is actually my very first time getting to host as well. If you're here, you are literally at a moment of history. It's the first time for five people on Pastors After Dark. All five of us were here. We've showed up. No John Travolta's tonight. We're here. We're really excited. Tonight, we are starting uh, this evening with a really, really interesting topic, and it's about pornography. Uh, As you saw in the title, we called it Porn Kills Love. So before we start any more, we get into it. Let me introduce everybody uh, to my top left we have Father Ironheart. Say hello. Hello. Welcome. Shalom. Upright, we have the bearded beauty himself, Pastor Deustin. Hi, everybody. Bearded beauty. <laughs> I'll, I'll claim it. I'll go I'll go with it. At, our, at my bottom left, we have a future Amish leader. We're getting Dr. there. Hughes. What is it, my friends? <laughs> <laughs> And then the man, the myth, the legend who lives in the dark, my good man, Super Shadow in the bottom right. Hello. (laughs) Now, guys, uh, I I sent you all some notes today. I'm really excited to get into this conversation uh, that we're about to have. And I'm going to pull Shad up so I can see everybody. But tonight's conversation is really interesting. Uh, We got this in (laughs) our submissions Uh, And here's the question. Is it wrong? Is it a sin to watch pornography? Now, porn's a really interesting subject in 2020 because we're having more and more like just the promotion of sex, like all over, right? Uh, I, I remember when it shocked me, what, seven, eight years ago when Pretty Little Liars came out and they were promoting a... Uh, teacher-student relationship, right? Like blew my mind. But now on TV, it's everywhere, right? You have sexes in front of us all the time, nonstop, and we need to talk about it. So if you've never been here before, I'm really excited. This is our second episode of season two. I'm really excited about it. But before we go any further, before we get this conversation started, uh, I'm going to ask Super Shadow if he would pray for us to get this kicked off. Sure thing. Yeah, let's pray, guys. Uh, dear God, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity uh, to come together like this, God, to be able to be a community that is able to speak on these things openly and honestly. Lord, I know you will bring in tonight whoever it is that that you want here, God. I believe you do not make mistakes, that you uh, work all things for your good. So God, today, as we tackle this uh, difficult topic, Lord, may it not uh, put anyone to the place, God, of, of being like the rich young ruler who just walks away sad because of what it means it would have to give up. But Lord, may as we talk, may it direct the conversation to you, the one who gives life more abundantly than anything in this earth could ever do for us, God. Um, so may it be an opportunity to bring life, to breathe life into people. Uh, may this be an opportunity for Satan not to use this to Uh, hide us away in the dark, God, to make us feel isolated or alone or that no one would understand us, but that, God, as we have these conversations talking about uh, pornography and sexuality and all of these things, Lord, that are linked into it and through it, God, uh, will you just continue to guide the conversation and may we do so in love. God, I thank you so much. We pray for wisdom in this time and just for an honest and open chat. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 
Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I, I, I want to get started with, with just a quick answer. Quick answer. Each of y'all can answer it, and, and we can defend it a little later. Uh, but let's just answer the question right off the bat. Is it wrong? Is it a sin to watch porn? What do you think? Ironheart, what do you got? Yes. Yes. Do no sin- questions. Sorry. Yep. 100%. Heels. 1,000%. Wow. Man, stepping it up. Shadow? Man, we need some diversity. Like, I don't know. No, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no it's, it's obviously no. I, it's not okay. Yeah. Not okay. I, 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 I'm going to be right there with you. Um, we're going to get a little bit into this later when I ask uh, you all maybe some of your experiences. But I know for me, it's been a struggle of mine and my past. And it's something that I see no gray area in to go, hey, this is okay. Maybe this isn't okay. Uh, but before we go any further, I, I think we need to talk a little bit and get our heads wrapped around this entire thing of pornography. Um, so I want to give chat and I want to give you all some statistics. I don't know if you saw it in our show notes, but I know chat definitely hasn't. So let, let's just talk statistics here. Uh, and, and I'm going to ask you all for your gut reactions, chat, you too. If anything pops out to you, if anything is surprising to you, I'd love for you to go put that in chat. Go, hey, this surprised me. This stood out to me. Oh, I didn't know this. We'd love to be able to get this because information is key. So I, I want to read just a, a couple of things for you. And just so you know, uh, researching pornography statistics on your computer and not trying to go up to a porn site is super weird. <laughs> so uh, we had to, I had to have some accountability for it. Uh, but here's what we got. I'm not going to promote, promote any websites. I'm not going to name anybody, uh, any by name, because uh, I don't want to give anybody free promotion. But I do all want you to know the statistics that are coming from some major platforms in the industry. And they're using these statistics to promote their brand to say that this is a good thing. So uh, on one of the largest uh, platforms for for pornography on the internet, here's some of their stats. Uh, In 2019, uh, one large platform had 115 million visits a day. And that's up from 92 million visits a day in 2018. That same website had 39 billion searches in a year. And that's up from 33 billion in 2018. That same website also had 1.36 million hours of pornography content uploaded in 2019. And that's compared to just 1 million in 2018. Just so you can understand, wrap your head around it. 1.36 million hours is 169 years uploaded in just one year. On top of that, this platform promotes that they added almost 100,000 new amateur performers to their platform in just one year. And they didn't even have that number in 2018, but I'm sure it's high. In the last two years, the term sex work has been destigmatized and normalized as a viable option for people to pursue financial security. Like I can think five years ago, if you called yourself a sex worker, 
it was primarily seen as, oh, you're a prostitute, you're an escort. But now the stigma that's gone alongside that word has been legitimized and then promoted and celebrated. These are some of the stats that we're seeing. So guys, real quick, what are some of your gut reactions? Do you, so I, I'm going to start with you. What, what popped out? What, what may have shocked you? What may have gone, oh man, I, I, I didn't know that. dude i mean these numbers like whenever you talk about millions and billions you know it's it's hard for us to wrap our brain around that but whenever you Mm -hmm. said uh to 169 years worth of content uploaded oh my goodness that's dude that's that's the mind-blowing one to me that's an insane amount of content and then as we get into this discussion you know we'll we'll talk about what that means and where that comes from but Oh my goodness, that is that is so much new content. Not not to even talk about what was already on the internet. You know? Exactly. Uh, this is new content. That's wow, shocking. It, it's crazy. One year, new content. Uh, real quick, before I forgot this, I forgot to tell everybody's roles. Real quick. Uh, obviously, I'm hosting, yeah. uh, but our gatekeeper for tonight is Doctor Heels. If you have a question or comment, you want to. Uh, help us be able to see or maybe comment on. Make sure you at Dr. Heels in the chats, okay? Make sure you do that for us. Uh, Shadow, let's go to you. What popped out to you? What maybe goes, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, like, it, it gets to a point of like, okay, like, obviously none of this is needed, but at the same time, hearing those numbers, hearing like, how, like who has watched all of, you know, like nobody. There is nobody who could say they watched all of this. It'd be impossible, like, you know, like, within a lifetime and so it is i think an indicator of like not just this like oh we need this you know like and we could we could talk about the need of pornography or or the at least the urge and feeling for it later on but just my initial gut reaction is i'm like it's so sad to hear and see that like this there's this continuant rampage of like it's a bottomless pit and i think that those statistics alone show that like there is never enough there is never this like gratified okay we 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 are good you know it's it's like nope we got to keep making new we got to keep making new even though nobody is ever going to watch everything that's ever made in this category even if you were totally okay with it and you know did the looked at it 24 7 you would never have you would need like 10 lifetimes over to get through it all you know (laughs) yeah oh man i can't even imagine hey we got deucen back (laughs) deucen's back sorry So, you know, Ironheart, let me ask you this. What popped out for you? What's something that maybe you had realized or that you had an inclination of? Or what's something that you go, wow, uh, this information really puts a scope on this industry for you a little better? I think just just how normal it is. Hmm. I mean, if we've got this sheer amount of hours and uploads and and searches and, and all that kind of stuff, if we've just got this sheer amount, that just it shows how normal it is for people. Like it's not something that they dabble in. Like this is something that people are yeah. diving in regularly. And I think, um, I think that's, that's what jumps out to me anyway. Come on. Yeah. Hills, what you got? What do you think? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was right on with everyone else. 169 years. What was that uploaded in, in a year? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's a single year's upload. Yeah. That, I mean, that is insane. The amount of content going out, but then you brought up the point part about how it's becoming more of a legitimate like job. Like there are people striving to get into sex work. 
And it's just, I, I mean, I think that just shows how much porn has been normalized and how much, um, I, I don't know, for lack of a better word, but like the, the, the sin of, of adultery has been uh, normalized and, and um, made like profitable. That's the thing. I mean, people can yeah. go into it as a career because it's incredibly uh, profitable to businesses that go into porn. Um, so yeah, I think that was kind of, kind of crazy thing about now that like, there probably are people like, no, I'm not going to college. I'm going to make movies, you know, right. like, right. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. What I think what really blew my mind is that that single number, uh, same thing that you just ended with heels was that a hundred thousand individual amateur people create an account to make a, a profit. Now, mm-hmm. What's interesting is that's one website of dozens and dozens of websites where people are trying to do the exact same thing that many streamers do on Twitch and Mixer. They're trying to become as diverse on as many platforms as as many touches. Uh, like, it, it, and it's crazy. Like, if you're on Mixer and and Twitch at all, like. I don't even have to bring anybody up. Like, you know, streamers on this platform that you're watching Pastors After Dark right now that have some type of secondary content stream that is leading their chat to some type of adult content, whether it be a subscription service or a monthly paid or a private Snapchat or anything like that. And they're promoting that. Yeah. That stuff right there is what blows my mind is the entrepreneurship attached to what has previously been such a taboo subject and it's becoming normalized. And the crazy thing about it is that when you look at the average age of viewership on Twitch, it means that younger and younger people are being exposed to the normality uh, that that sex is free and sex is, and and it is, don't get me wrong, but sex is, you know, monetizable and viable and you can sell your body and what you do with it. And that, that's the stuff that, that really, that really kind of like took me back for a minute. Uh, On the other side of these statistics uh, about uh, these porn platforms, let me, let me read you a few more statistics uh the average initial age of first time viewership of pornography is 11 years old and that age is going down the reason it's going down is because people are getting their first attachment to a smart cell phone at 10 years old yeah pornography use also resembles drug use the way that it uh interacts with our brains the the type of chemicals that release dopamine is resembling more and more like drug use, meaning that the more you use it, you need to then increase your use or its extremity to be able to continue that same type of high, uh, high or fulfillment. Right. Uh, so like if you're a consistent consumer of pornography, uh, there are hundreds of researchers out there and hundreds of studies out there that says that as you consume more, your necessity to increase the extremity of the content gets even deeper. Every day, 25% of all searches on the internet are for pornography. On top of that, in connection with all these searches, 20,000 videos and pictures a day is child pornography. 
Mm. On top of that, the sex work financial path has created more than just like, like this is just one website, one premium website that's really popular, has 20 million active users. 20 million active users promoting this ability to sell themselves. Anything out of that, anything out of that like pocket of information kind of sets you back a little bit. Maybe, maybe something you didn't know, something you connected with a little more. Dr. Yales, what do you think? Out of that, uh, that, that's a little bit not on the glorification, but on the realities of its use. Anything out of that information really pop out to you? Um, sorry, could you reiterate the question? I was looking at something in chat. Wait, what were you looking at? That uh, someone in message said they couldn't <laughs> tag me. So I was trying to make sure that people were able to actually tag me with their questions. And there's a long conversation right. going on too. So I no, no, it's good. Conversations are good. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. the first section of statistics was all about like how this website was promoting and glorifying all of the statistics. Mm-hmm. But when you see the effects of pornography, uh, either because of the age that people interact with it for the very first time, or how it's linked to, or how, how it has similarities to use of drugs, anything like that pop out to you that goes, oh man, I, I really hadn't known that before. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the stats are actually what kind of helped me break my addiction, which um, I think we'll get into later on. Um, so I, I was kind of familiar with a lot of them. I know the, the age of use. And I mean, I even know for myself getting, you know, a home computer, but even before that as a kid, because I'm old having like magazines and stuff like that. Like you get introduced to pornography and, and basically an irresponsible view of sex, even at that point. Um, and, and like, yeah, just the, the age of, age of seeing, like, I mean, uh, I teach sixth grade up to high school and it's, it's like, whenever I mention porn, it's not like a shock to anyone. You know what yep. I mean? And, and that's sort of heartbreaking, but not unexpected. I even know myself that at that age, I had been exposed to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's crazy how we get introduced to it, but I think it's just, it's, it's messed up what it does to our brains. And I know you mentioned like the dopamine release and stuff that it actually, it's uh, porn becomes more addicting than a drug. Like mm. it's on the same scale as like cocaine and, and meth as to, that your brain becomes to where you need it, where you require it. And, and not only yeah. it's like the leading cause of like erectile dysfunction in men. So, I mean, it's not just affecting your eyes. It's actually going to affect your whole physical health at, at some point. And, and yeah, I mean, porn, it's, it's, it's devastating. It truly is. Uh, uh, Deuce, and I think that you actually have the oldest children of all of us that have children here after Passion yep. After Dark. Uh, uh, what are the ages of your kids? So I've got an eight, four, three, and two-year-old. So lots so, of littles, but our oldest, yeah. actually, sh- I should say nine. She'll be nine in like two weeks. So you are on, like, uh, I'm sure you're having a budding conversations right now about, you know, how you hand over devices, what type of access that you give them. When oh, yeah. you hear that the, the first time exposure of pornography to a young person is between 10 and 11 years old, like, how does that, like, what happens inside of you as a parent going, man, I'm possibly handing over the keys uh, to the world to this eight to 11 year old. So like right right now, like how are those conversations working? And like, as a parent, what are maybe some of your fears? And then also what are your reactions to that statistic? Yeah. So out of all those, I mean, they're all eye opening and heartbreaking 
statistics, but yeah, the, <laughs> the age of first time viewing is definitely the one that jumps out to me because of the age of my children. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're having those kind of conversations, not, not about this, this topic, but about, um, you know, devices, accessibility, the things that we can do with our devices, how long we can use our devices. And, um, it's, uh, it's an ongoing thing where, you know, you like even something as simple as, as Roblox, for example, um, my, uh, my daughter's best friend loves Roblox. And so, my daughter kept asking to play with it. And I said, I need to look into it. I need to look into it because I, I had heard of it, but I didn't know much about it. So I uh, started looking into it, learned a lot of things I wasn't too happy about with it. So I started looking very heavily into the parental controls and accessibility options and stuff and said, okay, you can play it when I'm sitting right by you. And these yep. are all the settings there that are enabled and you could play it for this long and I'm going to watch you play <laughs> and you can have one friend. And it is that friend who I know very well. She's at our house every single day. And um, you will not talk to anyone else. No, you will not. And I've made it to where no one can send her a message. No one can send her a friend request. No one can do anything. Um, so I'm very grateful for those kind of controls, but but still so much of this, you know, technology is great and it's a great tool, but even so the options and, and things that we have are still so limited. It, it's so much more about training the child, you know, in the way they should go. And, yeah. um, and the, I mean, all, all you can do, it's like the same kind of thing with like bullying at school, at school or something like that. You can just, you can train them, you can prepare them, but then they're their own person. They have to walk out in this world. And yeah. so so you, you do everything you can and it's, it's a hard, scary thing to know these kind of statistics, but, um, yeah, you, we, we do the best we can to protect them, to train them, to, uh, do all that. But it is a, a, a crazy time we live in. Yeah, that's for sure. You guys remember right. back in the day, uh, there was a show called smart guy and it was about like a, like a junior high kid who was really smart. So he got to go to high school with like his older siblings and everything. It was like back in the 90s, like Boy Meets World era, all that. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The show? Yeah. yeah. There was. I remember there was an episode, we're totally related on this, that like the kid gets a computer and his, his dad says, all right, you're 14, you're 13, whatever. You're old enough to move the, the family computer into your bedroom because he's super smart and wants to do homework or play a video game. And he makes a friend online. It's like one of the first online games. And they're just chatting back and forth. There's no voice. It's just all, you know, over Messenger. And the kid, he finds out the kid lives in his neighborhood. He's like, oh, come on over. And he goes over and the kid ends up being like an adult and he has him come in <laughs> and he like has like, oh yeah, here, like take a seat on my couch. Like it's pretty hot in here. You want to like take your shirt off and like starts like, and the kid feels uncomfortable and like it, it doesn't directly say it, but you know that this guy's like a predator and, uh, and it's basically just like that warning. And this was back in like 1990, like four, 1995. Like still very early on when, when internet and stuff like that. And it, it scares me, man. It is a scary, mm. scary thing that you see who's, who's on the, who's online and who's looking. So Houston, I don't, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Taking those uh, I, I, Einhard, I'd give you, I, 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 I want to actually go to the next thing with you in just a moment, but I know that chat is kind of going off in Twitch chat. So Jeff, any, anything that you've gotten maybe question wise so far, or maybe just in conversation that's, uh, yeah, so I mean, there's a there's a back and forth conversation right now. I haven't really been tagged in anything, and I haven't noticed a a, a direct question. Um, I know Ike says he has a twelve, eleven, nine, six, and two, uh, and the first three have mm. already had the birds and the bees, and they also have strict yeah. access to electronics and stuff like that. 
uh, which I'm all about. Um, yeah, I don't know that I, I see a direct question. I mean, a lot of it's about uh, maybe the morality of looking at porn in general, um, inside or outside of marriage. Oh, awesome. Okay. So we're, we're definitely Chad, if you're listening, we're definitely even going to talk about that a little later in the show. Uh, not just uh, the consumption of porn, but actually the conversation of, is it a good thing to do if you're a married couple together? Right. I have questions on that from people all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's go, let's, let's go to Ironheart. Um, and chat if you're listening i've asked all these guys uh i let them know what i was going to ask them a little later but i want to ask everybody uh a question uh and it's about their personal experience with pornography so uh and i i just so chat you know i've told all these guys that they can be uh as open as they desire uh and not that you know they're going to come and just like bear everything out and show you scars and everything like that. But if they have an experience, I'm inviting them to participate in sharing their experience. But uh, Ironheart, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to be able to start with you. Uh, two questions. Two questions. First one uh, is when and how was your first experience with pornography? Uh, and then two, how has it affected your life up until this point today, 2020, what is it? March 8th, March 8th year. Um, so, so first question, when, yeah. when, do you remember when was that first encounter with pornography? Because the question that we're, we're talking about is, is it wrong to view pornography? But with the caveat, like our stream title says is porn kills love and we're going to yep. get, kind of get to that discussion a little later but i i just want you know if you're here in chat i would love so that people know hey you know we're we're people we're broken we're sinful we struggle uh and also all five of us are guys or at least that's the way we're identifying right now <laughs> 2020 right dudes uh, <laughs> uh so uh Ironheart, i thought i thought i'd let you start this conversation off uh when was your first exposure to that type of content yep so uh let's see my i don't even know when it was way too young i don't think i was as young as the average that we talked about what was the average like 10 is that what it was yeah yeah um i don't think i was 10 but i was definitely young and close to that um and I don't remember how I got on it. It was maybe it was just like on the internet, you know, instant messenger and stuff like that and Yahoo messenger and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I, I landed on something somewhere and, and it was like, I don't know. It's like, I was not that I was hooked, but I was intrigued. I think, cause I'd never had a conversation. I never had a talk with my parents. Not that I can remember anyway. So if I did, unfortunately it didn't, it didn't stick. And that, you know, anyway. Um, and so it was pretty much, I don't think it, it was, it was really impactful on my life until I started to get into like high school. And then, then it really started to like soak into my life and it really started to, um, be influential and, and that feeling of like, okay, I, I need, I need this. Yeah. Um, definitely started to, to kind of creep in and, and I'd be like, I, maybe I shouldn't. And then it was like, nah, I'm just 
go back to it. Um, and so it was, it was, that was a thing through high school and never really talked about it. No one really talked about it. Um, my, my view on intimacy in high school was skewed. I, um, I, I went to church and stuff like that, but didn't, didn't really have any influences, anyone speaking into my life on what intimacy was supposed to look like. And so yeah. that, that made that whole experience difficult. Um, when I got to college, uh, my first, like my first college small group, my freshman year, um, I had, there was someone in my group and he just like flat out, we were talking about introductions and stuff. And he's like, I watch porn. And I'm like, like looking around, like what the heck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you can't say it's that. We're in a Christian small group. You can't say that stuff. And he's like, yeah, I watch porn and I've had a really hard time like getting over it and battling it. And it's been a struggle. And, and he like poured his heart out and I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And, and God used that to, to like, kick me in the face and be like, dude, you need to stop looking at this stuff. And, and I felt convicted and convicted and, and eventually I confessed it to my small group, which took a lot and, um, and took steps like keeping my laptop out of my room and, and all this kind of stuff. But there's, you know, there's always something you always find a way to work around it. Um, I think, I think the, the hardest part, of of watching porn was when i was i was thinking about being about proposing to my then girlfriend now wife and and my uh my my small group was like you need to tell her that you have a problem with porn and i was like no like yes you do and i was like okay and so that that conversation was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had. Um, to look, to look the woman that I was thinking I was going to marry and did marry, um, and say, I, I look at porn and I have a problem with it and I, I don't know how to stop at the moment. Mm. Um, mm. like, that that was the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do. Um, and can, can and, I can I ask you can I ask yeah. you a question about that? Yes. Where was your wife emotionally, not just in the moment, but in the weeks to follow as a reaction to your confession? She was the most grace-filled person I've ever met in my life in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um to to hear her reaction and to like she obviously wasn't happy like obviously it's immensely disappointing um but instead of of like sorrow and disappointment i got grace and encouragement Hmm. um and that was that was huge that was like she's like i get that it's hard and and there was like understanding and it was just like holy crap (laughs) Um, like how blessed can a dude be when, yeah. And so that, that, I mean, it was still hard and it was still like, I still have to be honest and transparent about it. Um, but, 
but yeah, she was, she was incredibly gracious and, uh, and I, I continued to struggle with it and she was encouraging and my small group was encouraging. Um, I am, I am happy to say that, that the Lord has released me from that. Like I'm not captured Mm. by it anymore. Um, and that the, I don't know the exact day, but when I got married, it's like it was gone. And I know some people, they get married and it, it leaks into their marriage and it, yeah, the addiction like twists and then it like grips and there's, you're just like, what the heck? How, how is this even happening? I don't even like this, but I just keep going back to it. Um, but God, God fortunately released me from that. And, and I was so thankful for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's, that's kind of like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Heels, I want to I want to go to you with this question because your entire experience of you know finding Christ and becoming a Christian was into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So uh, you might be able to speak to this on uh, a couple different ways. So I, I first want to like get your your input on what was your experience with pornography before faith entered into your life uh, and. Uh, was it was it still present after you met your wife and then began your marriage? Because you you became a Christian after you were married. Am I correct? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. So 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 would you kind of give us um, maybe your mm-hmm. experience with it uh, all the way before? Like like uh, if you want to stop your story, stop your story before you yeah. became a Christian. Because I I would love to be able to get uh, maybe just record of what was your viewpoint before an adult transition mm-hmm. into faith? And then how did that affect your, uh, your marriage before Christ was also involved in your relationship? For sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I know Ironheart mentioned like an age that he was kind of introduced to porn. I, I can't really remember an age where I didn't know about porn. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I do think I always say that I would never ever raise my kids in a trailer park. Um, and, and I don't fault my parents for this at all. Um, and it, it was just because the people that I was around, like my best friends, what? <laughs> okay. Um, guys, I'll be right back. Cal, can I answer that question in just a moment? Sure. Yeah, you're go good. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Shadow, we'll, we'll go to you then. We'll go to you then. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what was your first exposure to pornography? How old were you? Do you remember? Yeah, I vividly remember. Um, yeah, I remember you asking me this earlier in the week and debating what, what I wanted to share on it. But I remember, uh, so that was an, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I wasn't a Christian until I was about 13 years old. Um, and so I lived with my mom and uh, like that side of my family. And my grandmother had remarried a man at the time who wasn't my grandfather. And I distinctly remember uh, times when my mom would be working a late night job. I would be home uh, with them or with uh, this guy and I would be sitting in the living room watching cartoons. And I distinctly remember one day him uh, coming into the living room saying, Oh, you don't really want to watch these cartoons anymore. I was forgot. I was Tom and Jerry something. Um, and he took the remote and he put on pornography. This is like pre-internet days. So like he had like a, a tape really? or, or something. Yeah. And, and I don't remember much beyond that. Um, I remember him putting it on. I remember like seeing naked people. Uh, and, and I was a kid, I was way under the age of 11. I was probably about 
seven, eight years old, maybe. Um, wow. So introduced to you as normal consumption, just like, hey, let me, not only am I, not only are you seeing this, but you have the approval of essentially an adult justifying its consumption. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's weird because you don't think about it as being weird until you're not in that anymore. Because um, <laughs> yeah, because he would watch it all the time, not obviously around like his wife or my mom, but like when it would just be us, like it was like, it was a guy's thing. Like as a guy, you looked at women, like you objectified them, you called out to them. Like if you saw a really cute one walking down the side, you know, and I, yeah. I distinctly remember growing up that way that by like second, third grade, even before hitting puberty, like being like, Oh, I'll watch porn. Cause that's, that's what you do. Like, and telling my friends about like, Hey, like if you turn the dial on the, on the cable channel, or if you twist the, the cable box, you can get this like fuzzy yeah. image on channel 96 or like whatever. Um, yeah. And I was like, I was the advent like porn supporter. Cause I just, I, that's what I thought life was. So I had such a, a skewed and twisted version of, of like sexuality and, and pornography. And that definitely carried over into like my older teen years, even, and was a struggle as I first became a Christian. Wow. Now, now let, let me just ask you this. How, did that creep into your relationship with your wife at all? And have you had any experiences with it since you've been married? Yeah, I think it really came to a head when I got into Bible college. I think it was something I struggled with all throughout high school as I got saved. Um, yeah. And then when I got into college, there was just this like level of guilt of like, hey, I'm here. I'm studying to be a pastor. I'm trying to study God's word. And I'm in this awesome place surrounded by awesome believers in this awesome community. But yet it's still this thing that's like a battle for me, you know, like, um, yeah, like being physical with girls as well as just pornography. And, uh, and I remember one of my mentors, um, this older professor at the time sitting me down and, and he had talked to me about it and he's like, you have to get to this point where you just, you start telling yourself, no, we live in such an indulgent world yeah. where we yeah. say yes to ourselves in everything that self gratification all the time. And he goes, if you don't start now when you're young you'll never develop it. It doesn't get easier as you get older. Um, and he kind of walked me through that and, and it was a process and every day saying no and slipping up and then going, okay, that doesn't give me permission to go and like read indulge in it. Um, and so when we got married, uh, like about six years later, uh, that was one of the things that like, I remember sitting in my, on our honeymoon and going like, I will not, like I had already kind of been pretty, you know, free of pornography, but like having this, like I've made this commitment to my wife. I will not look at porn. I will not fall into that. Um, no matter how old we get or how long it, it's going to be, uh, that yeah. is not, porn is not an option. Um, and, and yeah, and it's been awesome to, to say that like we haven't three, we're going to celebrate three years of marriage, uh, like in two weeks. So yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Well, so, since it, since it started at such a young age for you, and you reflecting on your past and then also with your current relationship, do you think that your consumption of pornography shaped your, any of your expectations of what it would be like to have sex with your wife in marriage? Like uh, I, I, either in uh, like what you could expect or what your responsibilities were? Like, do you, do you think it shaped anything of that? And have you had to correct any of those thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause like, we don't think about it this way except when it's actually happening. Right. Cause like we don't watch action movies and go like, Oh, I could do everything in those action movies. You know, I could, I could yeah. fly a car off a bridge. I can jump from a 30 story building and be okay. I can get into a fist fight and like walk it off. 
Um, but I think there was a lot of that early on um, that kind of came with it of like just these pre-notions or expectations of like, oh, this is how good sex is going to be or I'm just going to be, you know, whatever, like the stud of, of all studs or, you know, like whatever. You have these crazy ideas in your yeah. mind and these expectations yeah. of like, here's how good it's going to be for me. Here's how good it's going to be for them. Like here's like, and, and that's conversations that need to be had within marriage of like yeah. even just what is okay, what isn't okay. Um, and we've, we've talked last season about that, like intimacy with spouses. Um, but that is like an important dialogue you, you should have in, in porn. You never see that the plumber just comes over and the next thing you know, they're both naked and you know, like, but it's, it's like, no, there's like an actual relationship that needs to be had this real dialogue, um, that takes place. Um, and it's not just this like flippant thing that you, uh, you know, like use within the moment and then like toss away when you're done with it. And I think that is like one of the biggest impacts that it can have when when you are in a regular habit of viewing porn um, and then when you sleep with somebody like then people wonder why it's so hard to have a real relationship with somebody because you have sex with them and then you kind of view them in that same lens of like oh, yeah. I don't really need you anymore you know like you fulfilled that moment of gratification that I needed so who cares if we date longer or if we get married or if we you know whatever um, because I'm self-satisfied at the moment so mm. No, it's good. It's good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, Deuston, what about you? You've been in ministry just as long as I have now. Um, I, I think you actually married longer than me too. How, how, how long have you been married now? Been married for uh, 11 years and October will be 12 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're the, you're the pro here. Congrats. <laughs> I'm the, the old man apparently <laughs> um would you mind would you mind sharing maybe your your experience with pornography and then also have, have you had it, like any struggles in adulthood and then also since marriage yeah um and since i'm doing soapbox today i'll share a little bit more of it in that piece um but but yeah i'll definitely share some now <laughs> Um, I, I remember very distinctly, uh, my first exposure, uh, to pornography. I was, I was raised in a, a Christian home, amazing godly parents who, who raised me very well. Um, always in church, uh, in, in the word family devotions, praying together, all, all the stuff you're supposed to do. Right. Um, and, uh, I, I had never like had any interest in pornography, never any interest in, you know, seeing a girl yeah. naked or anything like yeah. that, just period. Never. Um, I was 16 years old, uh, w- when it happened for me. And I remember distinctly because, well, one, I was 16, so I was a little older. Um, but I remember because it scared the crap out of me, honestly, <laughs> scared the mess out of me because I was on good old LimeWire, you know, that and I was virus central dude. Yeah. yeah, I know. But I, so I was on stupid LimeWire and I was, uh, dude, y'all know I'm, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan. I love Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and, but you know, they only, they only let so much of it, uh, be available to us here yeah. in the West and they keep rerunning the episodes. You right. Know, right. So I go to LimeWire to download the the japanese versions with subtitles i did it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i did it all the time yeah and one of them was not the file that it said oh no <laughs> and uh so i was just going for the next episode you know go download that thing watching for the little bar to fill up click open and oh my dear sweet goodness my eyes did not see <laughs> goku nor frieza nor cell nor anyone else like that <laughs> not dragon um, balls but 
No. <laughs> Wait. Somebody clip wow. that chat. Somebody yeah. clip that. <laughs> well done. Ten out of ten. Um, but yeah, so so like I said, it just it scared me. I closed it, turned it off. I was like, whoa, you good grief. What the heck? You know? Um, but th- this is this is a testament to the power of pornography and the addictive nature of it Mm. it was that that very short window into the soul you know that very short exposure yeah um that in the moment scared me you know left did the whole you know be joseph and flee you know um but it it was in the back of my mind it was playing what i saw and i said you know it's still it's still on my computer i'm gonna go see what it was because i didn't delete it i just closed it yeah you had to double check yeah, I had to double check, and so I went back and I saw it, and that was uh, that that was what started it for me. And it was it was totally an innocent thing, but um, innocence or not, it doesn't matter. Once that enters in, into your yeah. eyes, that's a very difficult thing to erase. Right. Um, yeah. Still to this day, I, I cannot erase that from my head. I remember it yeah. very very vividly. Um, and like I said, I was 16. I think I had just turned 16. Um, I had a very, um, a very difficult uh, time of addiction to pornography that started uh, at that point, and it was about a three-year process um, that it was. It was just. I mean, there was like nothing I could do. You know, it, I felt powerless to over- overcome. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I, I could read all the Bible verses. I could do all the things, but it was just, it was just one of those things. One of those yeah. things. Well, I, I'll let you, I know you've mentioned this. I'll let you share more in, in your soapbox. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to get to Jeff in a minute. I want to save him the last. My, my interaction is really interesting. Uh, I hope this is nobody's interaction because they, hopefully it just doesn't happen. My first interaction with pornography happened with my mom. We were researching for something for the uh, for a school project, and uh, we were trying to figure out uh, information on the White House, and we did not put .gov as the URL code, and we hit enter. My mother is sitting right beside me at a computer, and hit enter, and it's dial-up internet, so it takes forever, but then all of a sudden it explodes on screen. And my mom does that thing that a lot of people's moms did whenever, like, you're watching a movie at home and then, like, boobs showed up on the screen. My mom, like, ran up to the computer screen and, like, grabbed her shirt and, like, covered the screen. But (laughs) it was very strange. Um, But that was my first interaction, and just like you, that, that lingered. Now, that I was... I was maybe eight, nine years old, third, fourth grade. I don't, I don't remember, but there's a, like, like right after that, there was like a series and like, it's interesting that each one of these moments, like I remember 25 years later. So that happened when I was six, seven, eight, the next time I saw something, I'm in my uncle's house and I'm using the restroom and he's just got a stack of magazines and, you know, sports and Bass Pro and fishing and boats. And then like a 20 year old playboy, <laughs> bam. Right. Spent a lot of time in the bathroom that day. Uh, <laughs> and then I'd be, I, then I hit adolescence, you know, first thing is at eight, that instance happened at like 10 at 12 years old. I would get on my skateboard or my bike and ride the neighborhood. And there was this local video store. They called it movie gallery or video vault. Um, and we would uh, skate behind 
this, you know, video rental store uh, for the young people in uh, chat. There used to be places called Blockbusters where you go in <laughs> yeah. and rent a, a, a cassette tape or a DVD. VHS. Uh, VHS, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Laser disc. That was around for a little bit. Uh, and we would skate in the back of it. They had this awesome like loading dock area. And we would jump into the dumpster back there because they would throw away boxes or like pallets and things that we could skate on. And I remember jumping in this one day and I found what I thought was a treasure trove of magazines. They would throw out old dirty magazines. So it, it became a nonstop funnel for what would grow to be a struggle that has lasted with me my entire life. Once internet came around, LimeWire was my best friend for all of that. Became a Christian at 15 and still struggled with it uh, for a long time. Even in marriage, what I found is when I became stressed or depressed, it was it, it, it like my, my sin struggle is not sex or anything is, is not sex it's control i want to be able to control what i'm feeling and control the fear that i have in me uh mm. and what i could control for a moment was a fleeting moment of satisfaction and fulfillment so i was i went and chased the easiest thing uh which was viewing and consuming pornography because it gave me a result that brought me satisfaction for a moment uh, all the way into marriage. And I, I'm a pastor at this point. The last time uh, I had a struggle and my wife asked me about it one day and she just randomly texted me and this lie that I had been hiding for years, I just admitted to. And she asked me, she goes, why did you finally tell me? And I go, because I was just tired of lying and hurting because what was hurting wasn't just the consumption of pornography. It was why I was consuming that. You know, I, I had a, I had a good man tell me that uh, uh, everybody, everybody has a struggle uh, and everybody can be ruined. It's either money, power or sex. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing that ruins me is chasing that fleeting fulfillment. And I definitely remember it. It's shaping my thoughts on in intimacy and expectations. And right. then, um, you know, if you're married, you know, let's say low key, you don't uh, admit or your spouse doesn't know what's going on and the consumption of the pornography that you're using, you may try to influence sex acts or you may try to influence some the engagement of sexual activity with what you've consumed because you've seen somebody else do it. And, and just like the drug, the dopamine says, that's what's going to satisfy me. And then you try to force and push that onto your spouse. And then you go into territories that are really dangerous uh, of forcibility or saying that like, this is where porn kills love. This, this connection goes, because let's say that like that spouse doesn't, you know, engage the way that you want then does your emotion and connection of them change? And I found that for me, that was true. So when my wife asked me one day in a text message, it began a months long process of reconciliation. Like she called me the very next day. I go to my pastor. I call three men. They all know we're talking about it. Uh, and we're working through to be able to achieve uh freedom from it and and here's the reality 
I view that addiction as serious as I view uh, like alcoholism, right? Like I'm recovering and I always will be recovering. And there is a threat to my recovery if I dive back into it. Right. So like I am a recovering addict of the consumption of pornography. Uh, And it's something I have to be diligent about and be able to give my wife I mean, she already had access, but complete access and, and show her all the tips and tricks to hide so she can call me on it. And those are the things that like, like I find it every day, every day to go. I will not be that man that subjected himself to that addiction. Um, now that Jeff's back, Jeff, let me, let me dive into a little bit of your story. Uh, and for you and Chad, I mentioned this a moment ago, uh, Jeff or Dr. Hills became a Christian in adulthood. So what was your relationship like with porn before Christianity? When was your first exposure and what was your relationship with it into adulthood, into the early years of your marriage? Yeah. So, I mean, I I started before, like, I I don't remember a time without porn just because I I don't know, growing up, like, um, like in a trailer park, like where kind of where I did all my friends were older. So it, we didn't have phones or anything at the time, but we had magazines and, and magazines exchanged hands. I mean, you had like trading cards. I don't know if you guys ever did that, but we had like porn trading cards. Um, and so you know, I always had access. I mean, as, as far back as I could remember, I always had access to it. Like um, you're, you're like in like the school bus and you're trading rookie cards. Bro, I'll tell you the very first time I got in trouble for school <laughs> is because I printed off naked pictures of Britney Spears. No. 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 Yeah. Uh, anyway, apparently a parent found them or something, but it, not the point. But like, <laughs> like I was hustling porn. Okay, like that's uh, as far back as I can remember. But I, I mean, I just I don't really remember a time without it. So I, going into teenage years, I mean, going into when I actually had a computer with a dial-up connection and a printer. Um, yeah. No, like I, I, it was just a part of everyday life. Like it, it wasn't, I didn't go a single day without looking at porn. I didn't go a, a single day without utilizing it, you know, like, and, and it just, it, it became so routine that, I mean, it, it was absolutely an addiction. And, and then like I come and I get married and I, and I seen someone earlier in chat and I don't remember who it was said like, once they get married, they'll stop looking at porn. The addiction doesn't end because you have a spouse. Right. Right. Like the, the, yeah. the lure of lo- logging on your computer and typing in whatever you're into, that doesn't go away because you actually have a woman in front of you. Right. Actually, you might find it hard to be stimulated by the actual woman because your brain has been so stimulated by the screen for so long. And, mm. and this is one of the things you get into. So, I mean, my entire like life prior to it wasn't like porn was a bad thing. It was a normal thing. It was, it was just part of every day. It was, it was as frequent as eating, you know? And, yeah. and so by the time I got married, it wasn't, it was like, okay, now I've got to hide it, but I don't get rid of it because it's, yeah. my, and, and so it was, yeah, it was like when I came to faith that I started to realize, okay, wait, Jesus says, uh, you know, looking at someone with lust in your heart is, is the same as committing adultery. It's like, I don't even have to have sex with someone else. It's simply me lusting after their body and lusting after them in sex. That is the same. And yeah. I started to learn that how like disgraceful it is to my wife to be living the second life, basically, right? To, to be ingesting this kind of content, to, to, to be surrounding myself with this, like how, how wrong that was to my wife. And, and, and so, I mean, it was, it was after I came to faith that I, I kind of realized that there was a problem. But prior to that, I, it, was, it was so common. Can I ask you a question about yes. that? Uh, how it affected your relationship? So 
was there an assumption of consumption by your wife? Like, okay, hey, yeah, he does it. He's probably still going to do it. I'm not going to say anything about it. Like, like you, you said, like, it wasn't a secret. So, like, not to get into nitty-gritty details, yeah. but to go, like, like, how did that – how did those conversations go? Like, how did that interaction go with your wife of going like honest, her being like, knowledgeable? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we never talked about it. Like it would, it would get brought up every once in a while, at, but not necessarily that I do it, but that it exists. And, and, but I, we never talked about it, but I, I feel like she always knew, yeah. but I thought I was sneaky, you know, and, and, and you'd hide it and, and that never worked. Um, so, I mean, it definitely wasn't something she supported me in. Yeah. So it, I felt, you know, even more like I needed to hide it. Um, and, and I think, I mean, when I actually came to faith, that's when it started to take more of a, like, I need to be a good father or I need to be a good husband. And, and to like put that behind me and, and try to get through it. And that was not an easy task. I mean, uh, you, you said you're still recovering today. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's an addiction that stays with you. Hmm. Mm. Uh, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying, yeah. what do you think like in your, in your, in, is there, because of your past and the longevity of it, is there any fear from your wife that you might return to it? I mean, I'm sure. And we've talked about it some because we've had it, we've had it come up a lot in our, our life right now, just in ministry. Yeah. Um, obviously the, the talk of porn and stuff, and I'm sure there's a fear there. Um, I don't know how much detail to go into, but we have um, precautions. Yeah, yeah, protect, yeah, protect your wife. <laughs> but we we have like precautions and, and stuff built around that. Like you said, she has access to literally everything um, that that I have at, at any given time. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure there's a concern there, and I mean, there's even a concern like I I, I know like you you kind of know the feeling when you want to look at something when you want to um, yeah interact with something i know that feeling and so i mean there's even a concern with me that i'm gonna i'm gonna break one day and so i do i set up precautions and, and, and i set up uh, other solutions or i simply distract myself in whatever way i can yeah because uh, i mean i think it's, it's like any other addiction it's whenever the temptation arises you've got to find a way through it because to be honest willpower is a joke so you have to have yeah. precautions set up amen willpower is a joke i am not strong enough <laughs> i'm not either uh, Real quick, has there been anything in chat that's popped out? I know that you took uh, a little moment to go and uh, attend to your family, but has anybody seen anything in chat pop up, either question or subject matter that you might think would be good to to bring up? Um, I do remember someone tagged me uh, before I left in a question. Let me draw, roll back until I see my name. Hey, guys, if anyone in chat did ask me a question, uh, please resend it because actually my, I don't think I'd go up any further. <laughs> that was weird. Okay, I reached like the the top of the yeah. chat that I could go back to. Let me see. I can while while you're looking, let me let me yeah, just share a couple other things. So, uh, in chat, Streamlabs has been posting every once in a while some uh, websites that we've let chat know about to go and check out. I would love for you all to check out a website called Fight the New Drug. Mm -hmm. Fight the New Drug actually is it's actually a non-religious uh, website that stands against. Uh, porn consumption but some of the most interesting things i've been reading is how how pornography shapes the brain we are created as social creatures we are created to have connection and 
what it's found is that the consumption of pornography and viewing online, connecting to a screen, creates your emotional connection to the content that you consume. I mean, that's honestly why Twitch and Mixer and YouTube Live and even Facebook gaming exist because people are connecting to the personalities there. And when you connect such an intimate, personal thing as sex to a, a content source being pornography, what many don't realize is you are laying down pathways of emotional connection so that when you disconnect from that source and then try to connect with a real person, many times there's frustration and hesitation in the connection with those like real life relationships. So like we see that beyond what the chemicals listed or, you know, set off in the brain because of our consumption of pornography, we see our connections with people change uh like to to any of the four of us heels are still looking for a question have you seen or had any connection with people where you know maybe their real life relationships have suffered because of their consumption of pornography i mean today's called porn kills love right so have you seen that happen in maybe any of your relationships that you've had or, or know of yeah, I think all the time. Uh, I'm sure any of us could attest to speaking with people who come in for marriage counseling because that that is the nature of it, typically, right? Like, and not just yep. stereotyping guys because girls do struggle with it too. But uh, from what I've usually seen, it's guys who have hid this for so long, for so long, for so long, and it stays hidden and hidden and hidden. And then one day he slips up and he doesn't whatever clears browsing history or or whatever thing that he, should they find their stash or whatever it may be. And it totally breaks the trust in a marriage, in a relationship. And um, and usually the spouse or the other person doesn't always understand or like even know to what extent does this end? Because again, like we, we mentioned yeah. in the beginning, um, there's just always new coming. There's new pornography, new pornography. There's never this like enough aspect. And so they go, yeah, maybe right now it's just X, Y, and Z, but how much longer till it's, you know, my yeah. family or these kids, you know, like there's, there is no no line really drawn because this thing's only going to do it for so long for you. And then you're like, Oh really? I want a little bit more, a little bit more. And, and it, it's this vicious beast. And I think it's sadly broken marriages. It's, it's hurt a lot of marriages and it destroys even our understanding of what true love really is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone wants to add on to that. I, yeah. I, I know that there was conversation in the chat earlier about like, biological needs and then it's like this is you you need this to to release and blah 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 and it's like okay um but that doesn't make it right Mm -hmm. like just because you think you need it doesn't make it right and just because your body is saying you need it doesn't make it right because i mean this is can dive into a whole other conversation but like sex is made for for marriage and if you're interfering with that in any way then then you're going to start to your your view is going to be warped and and it's been talked about already like your expectations get changed and and you think that it's about you and it's not about you it's about your spouse and it's about caring for your spouse and it's about like them it's not about you and what you want it's never about that it's always about them and and 
and it should be a two-way street and and porn says no 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 it's about it's about you it's about your needs and what you think you need and and your gratification and that's just not the case at all and i know this has been said already too but if 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 i've i was immensely fortunate that I didn't look at at porn after I was married, but that doesn't mean that it was easy, yeah. and that doesn't mean that there's not still struggles. And and there's guys here that said that they've still struggled with it, and that it's still something that they have to fight daily. And if you think you can just switch it off, then do it. If you think you're so great right. and you can just switch it off, then switch it off. Yeah, do it right now. See what yeah. happens. And, and if you, if you can't switch it off, then don't you dare tell me that you can do it later. That's, that frustrates me to no end because I've seen people just self-destruct and it just, it's just not how it works at all. Yeah. Mm. You bring up a really good point for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) You bring up that point that I I think we haven't really made yet either is the idea of like, well, biologically I need to do X, Y, and Z. So thus porn should be okay or God's okay. I think from a Christian perspective, yeah. there's no, there's no ground. Like scripture is very like cut and dry and clear, like flee from sexual morality. You know, the, the, even less than after one woman, you're committing adultery. Like there, there's no room in it, but mm. even, even, even without that, not, not saying that it's not the pinnacle and ultimate, but even from a sociological and like, um, from, from a community structure, we, we all acknowledge that there are people who biologically are born with you know, alcoholism, their their grandparents drank, their father drank, their great great grandfather drank. Right, like it is biologically ingrained into their DNA that more than likely they will become a drunkard. Now, nobody here, I don't think anyone would ever argue that that's okay. Like because it's biologically built into you that thus you must go and drink and like let me pay for your beer and let me put you in a bar and because it's it's just ingrained in you. That's just how you are. None of us would argue from that standpoint. And so I think in that same way we can't argue the same thing well we we are built to have sex yes that's very clear god designed sex for the confines of marriage there's a way in which that we are to do it and i think pornography just kills that love kills the inability to to really be united as one with your spouse um yeah and just ruins that that image when we have it filled when when really again it's just a we try to play god mentality Oh yeah. No. And yeah. Go ahead. just, just the, just the, I, I cannot overstate the twisted perception of reality that porn gives us. And that was something that my wife and I had to deal with for a long, long time. And how, how do we, how do we get out of like, it's about me or, or how do, how do we get out of that? And, and it, we literally have to take the time and like undo all of those things that I've seen and, and redo and reattach everything else that's godly and wholesome in the way that God intended it. And it takes so long it is unreal. And, and my wife suffered for that. And that is not that's not fair. She shouldn't have mm. to deal with that. Right. And I love my wife and I don't want her to have to deal with that, but mm. she did because I was an idiot. And because I didn't do anything about it or I didn't do enough or, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, <sighs> you know, we, we, we've spoken a whole lot of the night from, from our perspective, but I, I want to give you a one more stat that, that we're going to be disconnected with 
but that's real. So uh, two thirds of the viewership of pornography online is male, but there's an ever growing viewership that is female. Uh, in 2018, out of 3000 women, that were that had confirmed out of this study they said that 90 percent of them watch pornography at least one a week but that means 30 percent of the population of women or of all pornography viewership is women this isn't just a male issue it's not just a male issue i think one of the reasons that our um that we're seeing the normalization of sex work coming is because there is a uh, an equaling i guess of both sides of the sexes male female consuming pornography and if you have any experience or have go hey what's going on just like you know shadow said earlier you know the plumber comes and you know they don't even fix the sink there is an expectation of like what women should be like so they're pursuing this image and the idea that this is what men want like right now if you check uh uh, if you check podcasts one of the largest podcasts in the country uh being promoted right now is two young ladies gloating about their sexual conquest and they're telling everybody Hey, here's what I do. Here's what you do. If you want to gain control or power or influence over your man. So they're creating this ideology. That's not about love, but it's about literally power and you gain power by using your body to go to, to gain the minds and the trust of these men to be able to manipulate them. So if it, if it's becoming something that's being shared uh, by both male and female, how do you think we go about reprioritizing not don't watch porn, but reprioritizing the necessity of a relationship founded on love? Like how do how, guys, how do we overcome this? How do we overcome this as pastors who are leading people who are leading students? who are currently struggling with this. And then also how do we, how do we not only raise up the next generation, but how do we raise up the current generation, raising up the next generation and going, Hey, you're probably struggling with this too. The same way that your 16 year old son or your 15 year old daughter is struggling with this. Like, how do we reframe this mentality that porn kills love? How do we elevate the necessity for mm-hmm. healing and the reframing of the subject? Yeah, um, I'll take that one. Uh, <clears throat> if my mic is unmuted, uh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, dude, it, it's a, a huge thing that's going on all over the place. Male, female, all ages, getting younger, all of that, absolutely. And we can get up on, you know, the platform at church behind the pulpit. We can get on Twitch. We can use our social medias. We can do whatever to bash morality into people's brains all day. But until there is a life change, until there is a born again experience, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Like not to over spiritualize it, but it's a spiritual issue. Um, it's uh, the technology and and culture and all those kind of things have made it more accessible. The they've made it more um, it, they've normalized it sure but um i mean at the root of this it's a spiritual thing and like we could all attest to willpower 
I mean, that doesn't account for much of anything uh, in this fight. It, it's one of those things that um, requires uh, a, a supernatural work of the spirit being born again. Um, and even then it, it can still, there can be um, the, these patterns, these um, destructive, sinful habits and things like that. But um there is there is freedom in Christ. There is hope on the other side of addiction, and and I'll. <laughs> it's my soapbox tonight, so I'm trying not to get into that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can rant the, later. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'll, I'll rant later. But I mean, yeah. The question: How do we overcome this? I don't think it's as simple as as just um, uh, highlighting the the moral aspects of it, or um, even pointing people to the conviction that they may feel, or the the little voice, the conscience. Um, it, it's one of those things that, man, it's, it, it's, there is an answer, but it's one of those things that we have to point people to Christ. People have to pursue Christ for that freedom. There is freedom, but that's where it's found. Yep. I think to that's add good. to that, like it's having things like this, like open conversations to say there is freedom found in that, you know, I think so easily there's a cynical meme culture, right? That's just like, Hey, you know, like we all do it. We all struggle with it. Like, 98% of men do it and then the other 2% wake up, you know, and then they do it too or they're dead or whatever, you know. Um and I think to have people who you can work through it with to go, "Hey, I I've been where you've been. I've come out on this other side. There's hope found in Christ." Um because like what we were praying at the beginning here, it's it's we're not talking about this to say, "Hey, if you call yourself a Christian, here's what you need to do. You can't do it. Well, walk away sad." And like, no, like God wouldn't call us to flee from sexual immorality. He wouldn't call us yeah. to, to not lust after another woman if he he wouldn't be a good God if he commanded us to do all these things and then not give us a way to actually deal with them. Um, and so I think that, that that is just an aspect. Again, I think the Internet's a, a beautiful thing, can be used in great ways. It, it shows us and allows us to, um, in a bad way, be self-gratified. But I think in this age, in 2020, we are more than ever realizing how all of these things that we've been told, all of these false philosophies... Uh, are, are really just so empty, right? Pornography doesn't truly fill us in the way that we keep thinking that it will. Um, we just don't know what else to turn to a lot of times or we don't know where else to look. Uh, so we go to the cheap, easy solution. Um, and, and I think that we are deep down all really searching for something more. Yeah. So let, let me reframe this question a little bit for Ironheart and Heels. If, you know, the destigmatization of pornography use or sex work is coming right like you all work with students so what are you going to do when uh one of your parents comes up and goes you know hey little sherry over here is starting you know she just went off to college and started off a private you know whatever mm -hmm. and uh you know she's making great you know great money or whatever like what are you going to do for that parent? What are you going to do for, you know, your students to go, you are more than what your body can offer. Cause that's probably one of the most interesting things to me right now is there's this gigantic conversation on one side that says, don't you dare objectify me. And we definitely shouldn't like, we should look at people for more than just what their physical attributes can give us. But then on the other side of that conversation, often spoken by many of the same people say, look at me and give me your money. And now I'm empowered because I am manipulating you to 
see me as a sex object and want to consume more of my content uh, because you view me in this way. So like, if we're going to reshape this idea uh, that consumption is love and the reality that porn kills love, how are you going to, like, what are you going to do to those parents? How are you going to talk to those young ladies who see this as a viable option? Take it, Heels. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, man, that comes tough because if you're talking to them, you're talking to them, you know, uh, and they're thinking it's a viable option. Like, I mean, when I talk to guys, I usually show them the... uh, the, the problems that porn causes. I mean, uh, the, the psychological problems, the, the addictions, the, the problems that will cause you later in life. Uh, and I mean, maybe that's where I even start with, with, with a young girl is like, Hey, you know, one day you're going to be a parent. These videos aren't going anywhere. You know, one day you're going to have a family. One day you're going to have a potential spouse. You know, one day this, this may catch up to you and, and then lead that into a conversation. Cause I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but f- sometimes I find if I give, uh, my students something, um, grounded like physical that can actually affect everyday life to cling to they're a little more open to everything else uh, but start with hey this this decision you're making that what you're doing right now it can re- have real implications on your future that it can really affect i mean when you go for a job interview at some point like this could come up um, yeah. uh, almost every employer will check social media now um, and it's not very hard to find someone's identity um, in those movies so like you know this is going to affect your real life and and then talk about how how they are. I mean, they are a child of God, and they are more than what their body can offer someone else. That that God created them not just as a physical being, but a spiritual and emotional, and that they need someone who's going to love them in those places. That's going to love them not just for their body and not just use them for their body, yeah. but actually love them for who they are and, and as the child they were created to be. And, yeah. and 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 prefer and I would I would want to try to show her her value in Christ to show her her value that she has a family that she has a a body of believers she has people that loves her and cares for her for more than just using her for what she can offer them for their momentary mm. pleasure. That's good. That's good. Ironheart, what do you think about that? I mean, I think heels hit the hand, hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I feel like seeing people seeing their value and and what is how do they define their value and where do they find their value um i think that's i mean that i think that's the ball game um if if people don't know where where their value comes from and they think it comes from the way they look or or how they act or or whatever then then you're going to have problems whether it's porn or something else yeah um but if you know where your value comes from and you know what, what God has designed for you and what's the best for you, that's going to, that's going to change mentalities. Mm. Um, and, and I feel like regardless of how fancy your words are or how many good arguments and scientific facts you have, it doesn't matter to them unless you get to like the root of everything. And the root in this conversation is like, what's your value and where does that all come from? And if that comes from people and what they think, then sure, throw your boobs on the internet and they'll think you're great. Cool. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But if your value comes from the maker and creator of the universe who who genuinely loves you and, and made you in his image, that's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, also, I hope nobody clips where you said throw your boobs on the internet. Or clip that part right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I wanna I wanna go to before before we go to Soapbox, I wanna go to uh 
some chat questions before we do did, did anybody else have anything that's like man hey if i were if i were to communicate somebody's value that you are more than your body it, like anybody else deuce and shadow you have anything you'd like to add deuce did you want to go first you you grabbed the mic like you were getting ready I'll give you that. You Dude, I'm all, I'm always ready. There's, there's so, I, yeah, I, I can keep going. Uh, there, man, there's so many things in this, in this topic, um, and on this subject. Yeah, the, the value piece is such a big thing. Whenever we understand our identity in Christ, especially, I mean, those of us who are believers who are in Christ, um, to see that and understand that. Um, but even just to know that we are created in the image of Christ, man, like that's. Mm. That's such such a big thing um, that should hold us to a higher standard. That should just yeah. innately uh, should hold us to a high standard. Um, a, a couple things that I saw in chat that that uh, sorry, Doctor Hills, I don't want to. I don't even know if no, I added fine. you, but uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Rain, uh, I love what what he said that if we would. If we would have, if we would elevate our view of scripture, um, dude, that would, that would be such a big piece in this and understanding what the Bible says about, uh, so many of these things, what, what marriage is, what sex is created for, um, healthy relationships, uh, it, and Jesus's own words. I mean, we haven't got to it yet and I don't want to jump all over it if we're not, but Matthew 5, 27 through 30, dude, it's, it's like, and I know you, you've posted it a couple of times, Ferris, uh, Jesus told us like specifically, he said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, like, yeah, we, I think everyone would understand and agree dude, adultery, that's a bad thing. But we're saying, but this isn't hurting anybody. You know what? What's the big deal? I'm just, I'm just watching this. I'm just consuming this for my own pleasure. But Jesus said, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman or substitute that for a man, if you're a woman who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your yeah. members than for the whole body to go into hell. Uh, yep. I'll stop talking. Let's go ahead. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think, Shadow, you got anything? Sure. Yeah. Just to, to add on this, I thought of this more so uh, for like myself and I, I know this really helped me. Um, but I think it also just applies to to the topic of your saying of like women who who are going to put themselves out there but claim to be a Christian or whatever you know like um, I think that one of the things that helped me the most uh, overcome uh, pornography masturbation was this uh, one my mentor the guy I was mentioning he would always say before you like I I know you're you're hot and heavy in the moment but before you 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 watch or you do this thing like if you just let this run in your mind and it's going to run in your mind because I'm telling you this now and it's going to come to your mind at least for a moment. Uh, to go, you know, Lord, I know, right, this elevation of scripture, God hates sin, like, it is detestable mm. to him, but like, God, I, I know you hate this, I know you paid for this, and I know this breaks your heart, but right now I just don't care. And if that reality, like, you can sit in that, like, whew, I think that that <laughs> happened like a few times and, and where I was able to follow through still, but after seeing that so many times over and over again, and I think it works on both fronts, whether that's watching pornography, making pornography, or, you know, like doing a whatever uh, pictures of yourself. But if you, if you can say those words every time and still go through, man, I, I yeah. think God begins to work. You, you start to realize the reality of, of what you're doing, because it's not just this safe little thing that, that only affects you and only you. Yeah. I think it's a very selfish way that we think, but sin 
impacts us all. Sin affects other people. Um, and so, yeah, if, if we just take that second or just let that be a reminder that the Holy Spirit gives us of God, I, I know this breaks your heart. I know you paid for this, but I just don't care. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. I, I just don't care. Heels, uh, you found a couple questions in chat, and I think another one's coming. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are some of the questions that we found? So, okay, I had, I'm just going to throw this in chat. I was topping it out. Uh, Ike recommended a book and I'm actually thinking about picking it up. So I'll throw it in there. It, it's called the talk seven lessons to introduce your child to biblical sexuality. Um, so that sounds pretty good. I, I threw it down there. Um, okay. So one of the questions, let me scroll back or actually I threw it in discord. Uh, Bruticus asked this a while back. Actually, I think it was the question that I had lost um, and then he resent it. So nice. he asked this question. He said, I think porn is bad, but do you feel that men punish themselves too much when they watch porn? I have seen godly men watch porn, but the punishment they put on themselves and the guilt they dwell in seems more aestheticism. Can you all pronounce that word? I got to find where the quote is. Who then, said it? Okay, I threw it in discourse. Oh. Uh, then true repentance. Um, to the point where repentance isn't enough for them, so they need to feel guilty. That that seems more dangerous than actually watching porn. What are your thoughts? Oh, asceticism. Okay, asceticism. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's definitely yeah. what I said too. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's almost like the idea that they need to they need to maintain the guilt mm-hmm. to avoid falling into that pit. But many times, like for me, because I, I like. I feel that right. Like there's, there's a term, I don't even remember it. I don't even want to say it cause I'm pretty sure it's vulgar, but uh, that many times that people have after the consumption of pornography and, and any completion, like there's guilt. Right. And like you feel bad and you're like, man, I'm the worst, especially if you're trying to proclaim Christ. Um, but what I found for me personally is when I live in the guilt, it propitiates the, that lack of control that I have, that terrible feeling. So I want to go and pursue that momentary satisfaction. So it becomes a cycle of unhealthy habits. But when what really helped me transform my life is when I found, well, one, when I had true repentance, and repentance means turning turning away. So it means not only to give it to God, but also turn away from the guilt. Because once I'm once I'm forgiven, once I've confessed, once it's free, it's in the light. I have nothing to be ashamed of. The reason I can talk about it in such detail and such transparency right now is because I'm not ashamed of the sin that I committed. Because I, what I'm proud of is that Christ overcomes mm-hmm. my terribleness and my story doesn't become a story proclaiming my failures but how christ used my weakness to make himself even greater and more known so like i, th- I think the reason that we have guilt and the reason that we want to necessitate that guilt is because we think that's the only way that we're going to become free but all we're doing is literally maintaining the chains that already hold down yeah. Y'all got y'all yeah. have anything to add? I'm sorry, I went on no, the <laughs> No, no, you're totally fine. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I would think of uh like Colossians chapter two, uh it's the last section there where Paul's talking about like do not let anyone pass judgment and don't don't hold to these things, these asceticisms, these 
uh, beliefs because they're just a shadow. If you're just doing them, if you're just feeling guilt for the sake of you feel guilty, but it's not actually because you have a real relationship with Christ. And even if you abstain from pornography, it, it doesn't do you any good because you're not actually doing this because you care about Christ. You're just doing this because you don't want to feel a, a, an emotion of guilt. You don't, you, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exceed or, or help in your happiness. Um, so I think doing it on its own or just punishing yourself or, or whatever, giving yourself lashes, like whatever it is, um, that you punish yourself with, like is not beneficial or helpful, um, on its own. If it's not connected to the person and work of Christ. And if it is Christ who is allowing you to experience these things, if it is the Holy Spirit working in and through you, then there's a directional change that needs to take place. Um, that needs to happen. It's not just, well, this sucks. I feel so guilty. And you walk away sad, like we said with the rich young ruler, but rather it's okay. This sucks. I need to change. Lord, help me repent from this and turn back towards you. Um, Otherwise, like Paul says, it's just a chasing of a shadow, trying to cling to something that 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 doesn't have any physical benefits to you and me. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bruticus just uh, wrote in a follow-up question. He asked, uh, "How would you minister to someone that is caught in that loop?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how would you do that? What do you guys want to tackle that? Ironheart, what do you think? Oh, stuck in the, the pornography loop of, of doing it guilty, feeling guilty, and then the like guilt, the guilt loop, the guilt loop, <laughs> yeah. the guilt loop. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, the, the guilt is like, it's important to have obviously, because if you don't feel guilty about it, then problem. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've, we've been, we've been forgiven for, for our sins and that, yeah, we keep going back to it. And, and I, I think just, I feel like this is, this is almost a cop-out answer, but when you like truly like you, you need to revisit the gospel and what it means and what it is. Um, and it's, it's being in the love of Christ. It's, it's, knowing that he forgave you for that sin and 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 it's like okay yes i know that here like it's easy to know it in your brain but how do you how do you live it how do you internalize it and 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 apply it to your life and i think when those things begin to happen then then yes you can feel guilty but you begin to more pursue the transformational aspect of it as opposed to the just wallowing in your guilt aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Mm-hmm. What someone, what someone else take pick up from there? Yeah. <laughs> um, s- something that I would add in, in trying to, to minister to someone who's caught in that, that guilt loop is, is yes, of course, like you said, Ironheart reemphasize mm-hmm. the gospel, point them to Christ, Absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, something just as like a kind of a practical, um, you know, we've, we've been there, uh, been there, know how that feels. I understand. I can relate with that. I would highlight the, um, the different, the difference between, uh, conviction and condemnation. Hmm. Uh, you know, Romans eight teaches us there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, 
condemnation is, is is that like heavy attacking guilt that that we often like we're talking about in this context we often put on ourselves like dude you're such an idiot how could you do that again what or, you know this is you know whatever and we get into that mindset um that's that's condemnation that is not something that comes from the the spirit of god that's not something uh healthy or holy at all but right. there is kind of the flip side of that which uh, we can uh, often gets confused, but conviction is an amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Where it's yeah. that mm. it's that tug, hey, come back. That you know that's outside the bounds. That that's wrong, and, and it's it's that tug at our heart to come back. And um, what, as as long as we um, respond to that, we we turn, we repent, we turn from that sin, we uh, pursue Christ again. We um, are just you know, that keeps our heart soft, but it's whenever we, we constantly uh, push away the work of the spirit, we push away that, that convicting voice and work where that's where our heart begins to harden and it's easier to ignore. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I would just emphasize the the difference between that condemnation that we can often put on ourselves or that can come from our adversary. Um, but, uh, and say, dude, condemnation that, that's not it. <laughs> you know, that that's not from God. That's not for you. Uh, don't put that on yourself. Uh, you are not perfect. <laughs> we are, we are saved. We are born again. We're given a new nature, but we're not perfect yet. We're not going to be perfect this side of heaven. Um, but, but listen for the voice of the Holy spirit, listen for that conviction. And whenever you hear that dude, come back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, and I, w- I would say too, that you can use those, uh, convictions to your, uh, to your benefit. And I mean, that's one of the things that I did that that helped me to break uh, my addiction. I mean, for the longest time, I kept a uh, porn kills love or, or fight the new drug uh, wallpaper on my phone at all times. Like even if I cleared all my notifications right now, my wallpaper is, is something of the sort. It's uh, more of an inspirational one, but it just says uh, yesterday you said tomorrow. And it's more of a, a oh, yeah. than don't eat junk, Jeff um, the mentality. <laughs> like I, I <laughs> like I. I try to like bring stuff back into my remembrance so that I think, oh crap, I remember how I felt after that. And I kind of use that conviction to my benefit too. And so, I mean, if you're ministering to someone, then maybe help them to remember that feeling before they commit the act. Mm-hmm. And then maybe once they do that, they can get the feeling of victory. And then maybe that feeling will become contagious and mm-hmm. they won't want to, to fall back into the guilt because victory is an option. And they, they, and, and I mean, I think there's a certain power that you realize you can actually say no successfully to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, a little bit more of a, just a baseline answer, but I, I do think that we can use that uh, to our advantage in, in overcoming uh, an addiction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Say no to self like that. We actually have that ability in Christ in the working of the Holy Spirit to reject sin. We no longer are slaves to it. So good. Um, I would totally 100% agree with everything everyone's here said. And, uh, and just say, I think that if that's where you are, if you're struggling and you feel that, that, uh, either condemnation or, or guilt or whatever it may be in this moment that like, this is the opportunity then to, to reach out to get involved in your church, to find a men's group, to find a mentor, someone one-on-one who you can be honest with and be transparent with and do life with that could celebrate those victories with you that, hey, no porn for a month. Like we did it. No porn for this week. No porn for this week. And as you develop that habit over time, it becomes more doable, you know? And, And I think it's so, things don't change unless we get serious about change. Um, and, and I think it's so important to get serious 
take the precautions you need to take, uh, be in the word with God and, and, and be in community. Cause that's how we were designed to be. Um, I think Satan uses that so much to try to separate us from each other and to keep us isolated and alone. And guess what? You're always isolated with your computer, your phone, mm-hmm. um, which just makes it more and more easy to stay perpetually in that cycle. Uh, yeah. so not being alone is so important. So huge. Get out, be involved, do something like seek help, be filled by someone and then go and fill others. Like, I think that's so important. There's this aspect of like, man, I have to know the word because I'm helping others learn the word and teaching the word. And whether that's in a youth group or in some type of men's ministry or women's, whatever your case is um, that you can get involved in and help serve in. Cause I think, again, it takes the focus off of self. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Heels, I know we had a couple other questions couple and I yep. want to get to them before we go to do some soapbox for the night. Mm-hmm. What, what we got? Okay. Um, so uh, two frames asked, what is lust? Um, and, and so, I mean, I think that's a great question because we read um, in, in Matthew 5, 28 says, but I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery uh, with her in his heart. And, and I went ahead and, and jumped the gun and looked this up in Strong's, exactly the Greek word that was used. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, it's the Greek word epithumio, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you know what that means. Um, but it, it actually means to long for uh, or to covet. Um, so any, it, it, it's speaking here, at least I would say from coveting sex with a woman, wanting sex out of a, a per, another person, I think is what we're talking about with lust here. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's a pretty oh. fair, that's, that's a pretty accurate, uh, yeah. Description. Uh, cause I, I know like if you look it up in dictionary.com or look it up on Google, you're going to get a different definition, but are we, what is Jesus actually saying in the scripture? Yeah. You know? Right. Right, because verse 27, you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. He d- he's not going to suddenly switch to, you know, just envy in general or whatever. It's it's pretty clear what he's talking about. Right, right. Yeah. To own and consume is kind of like the mentality that it's expressed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, so so l- let me take that a step further. Can you lust after your wife? Um, and... <laughs> Oh, it's so so like it's an interesting question one like obviously you're gonna have thoughts about your spouse but can your thoughts about that spouse become lustful and then also like sinful um okay so and, and this is my quick answer no because it's talking about committing adultery can you commit adultery with your wife you can commit adultery against your wife right but if she's already your wife, is then adultery to have yeah. sex with her? Yeah, and the idea of what even what is yeah. what? How do you covet? What like what is coveting? Coveting is is wanting or desire, longing for something that isn't your own, and not that like property. But there's this idea that like your wife is your own, you are their own. Like there is that that oneness and ownership of we belong together, we go together, um, and so you can't covet something that's already yours. It's like oxymoronic, right? Like. What do you guys think? Everyone else, was was, everyone else went quiet. Oxy- so I, was like, Oxymoronic. I, I was I was processing. Yeah. Um uh so here's here's an I'm gonna differ a little bit from you all. I would say I would agree ninety-five percent, but uh what if you struggle with those thoughts from pornography and then you like 
what you desire, what you covet from your wife is not something that you're attaining from them. So you're not necessarily covering the person that is your spouse, but a potential that you have expect expectations in your mind of what they're going to be or what they can be. And then like, so I want my wife to be this, this type of person. Uh, it, is that wrong? Hmm. I mean, in that case, are we even still thinking about our wives or are we thinking about a totally different person, maybe with the same face and body? Right. Yeah. It's like, so the way I understand you're saying this, uh, Ferris is Mm -hmm. basically to take the expectations that we have in our own psyche and, and expectations from viewing things like pornography and expecting them of our spouse, portraying them, uh, kind of superimposing them onto them and, and then going yeah. into that relationship, expecting that. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not fair. That's, <laughs> that's not fair to them. Yeah. Um, that's not healthy. That's not, not loving, you know, not yeah, loving. Not love. no. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, comes back to, what the shirt says, porn kills love and <laughs> kind of the mm. idea on that full um, circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes full, full circle. <laughs> full circle. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause I don't think there's anything wrong with having like hopes and desires. Next, I mean, go read song yeah. of Solomon. Like he has oh, yeah. these ideas yeah. and thoughts of what it's going to be like to be with, with his wife. Um, and I don't think that's wrong. I think it's wrong when we hold those to be the standard of here's what makes you a good spouse is if you only do x y and z or if you only look like x y and z and then again that's not loving your wife that's loving these other external things out here um and and it's not christ-like it's not you know as as paul talks about in in first corinthians it's not being patient it's not being kind it's it's not loving loving your wife like christ loved the church Mm-hmm. It's loving your wife mm-hmm. the way Shadow wants to love his wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that comes back to like, then that, start, that begins to come back to like, what's the point of sex? And it's not about me and what I want. It's about us. It's about yeah intimacy together with a spouse and not not just what what Ironheart wants and what I think is right and what what I expect. That's That's the last, that should be the last thing. It should be about us together and what that yeah. looks like and what we want for each other and not, not about personal desires. That's good. Right. So uh, two frames asked to follow up and, and it's, you can't cheat if you're single. Um, but I, I think adultery is just meaning sex outside of marriage. So if you're single, that is outside of marriage. Right. Yeah. So it's still adultery. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, fornication, any kind of sexual immorality, the Bible speaks using that kind of general term a lot. Yeah, <laughs> sexual yeah. immorality in, in so many different places. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, before we before we hand over to Deustin for Soapbox, I want to give each of us, uh, except for Deustin, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, an opportunity to maybe share something that, that's on your heart or maybe that we weren't able to hit very heavily tonight. Um uh, about the subject of the consumption of pornography or the statistics behind it or, you know, porn kills love. What's something that like, before we sign off, you really just want our audience to be able to, to hear from you and hear your heart today. Uh, Ironheart, what do you got? Um, so I know that, that, um, 
there we've had we've had a couple people asking questions about about porn and and is it actually wrong and is there situations where maybe it's not wrong and and all this kind of stuff and um and I appreciate the questions and I appreciate asking and, and being here and, and having this conversation because some people will just be like, it's fine and blow it off and just leave. Um, but the fact that, that you're here and you're having these conversations, I think is, is awesome. And, and one thing that I'm, I was thinking of as we're having these conversations is like, okay, if, if we're unsure if porn's wrong or not, you know, we talked about lust and what, what it means to lust. Okay. Well, what's, what is the point of pornography? What is the point of them putting on two people having sex with each other on screen for us to watch? What is the point of that? Right. Not winning any Grammys or Tony. Yeah. There's, there's not a great storyline. There's, there's not, you know, there's no plot. There's just sex. Okay. And what's the point of you consuming that? Why would you sit there and watch that? It's, it's not for, I mean, again, it's not for a story. It's not for, um, you're not going to learn anything from it. The only thing you're going to learn is how to do life poorly with your spouse in the future. So that's a negative. So you look at like, what are the reasons behind pornography? Why is it there? And what's the point of it? People are making it. So then you can pleasure yourself. So you can release your own needs so you can take care of yourself. However you want to look at it, it's all selfish and it's all for your own, your own desires. That's what it's for. And you could say, well, I'm not using it for that, but are you really not using it for that? Or are you just trying to justify your actions? And, and I don't want to sound like I'm like getting on people, but but porn is so like it just it just gets into your life it gets into everything and it it it, it, like it it digs roots down into your heart and if you try to pull it up then your heart's like ow stop leave it there please and you can't you just just, it's it's hard and it it stays there and it's and so when when people like well it's it's fine it's not a big deal it's not hurting anyone it's like no but if you're gonna have a future spouse then you're hurting your future spouse and if you think it's fine, then you might as well just spit in Jesus's face every time you look at it. And it's not okay. Like, I don't know how, how long I can sit here and just like plead with, with chat and say, it's not okay. It's bad for you. It damages your very soul. Mm. It's going to get in and it's going to infect everything. And you're going to think differently and you're going to look at people as objects. I just got this shirt in the mail. Okay. So I love the shirt. People are not products, okay? People are not things. You can't look at someone on a screen having sex and just say, well, I'm just watching because it's not a big deal. You're treating them as a product. Yep. And that's not okay. It's, it, it's never going to be. And people can say that it is, but it's not. And so if, if anyone takes anything away from today, just just step away. Stop watching it. Don't consider watching it. And get help. Don't don't do this alone. Get help and try to cling to people that can help you walk through this and separate yourself from porn because it's going to eat away at your soul. And it's so hard to get rid of. Sorry, do send the soapbox today, and I guess I did too. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out last things. What do you th- last thoughts? What do you think? Uh 
uh, you'd want everybody to be able to hear. Yeah, I'll be quick because I want to make sure we have time for Deustin. Um, yeah. I think it's really important that we reinforce and encourage uh, what we want to see. And I think if you're here and you're listening, um, and, and there's this huge level of humility when tackling something like this. And so uh, humility to, to say, hey, we don't know everything. We're open to learn. We're open to change. And, and if God speaks to you in and through any of this, like, please, please, please don't just let this sit and, and just be something you hear, because I think that's worse than not hearing at all. Um, because you come, when we come back to this topic and, and God's speaking and saying something through it, you feel like you've already been there, you've done that, you've heard uh, the stuff. But I would, I would really uh, encourage, and I thank everyone who listened tonight, who's going to listen to this later, to really take a moment and take a step back from just our presuppositions, from what we already think about this, um, and really in humility ask the Lord to lead and guide us to next steps. Um, because I think it's, it's, it's horrible to hear from the Lord and do nothing with it, and then we wonder why God doesn't speak later on to us um, when we don't do something with the knowledge that He has given us and the direction that His Spirit's leading us. So, just want to encourage you guys to do that. Thanks. Yep. Um, okay. For for me to close, uh, I, I don't know, man. I think Ironheart brought up a really good point. Like, what is the purpose of porn, right? And, and there's just so much like connection between porn and human trafficking, uh, which I know we didn't really get into today. Like, I mean, the industry in general is, is pretty messed up. And, and if you really want like a non-biased view or, or you know, a, an unreligious viewpoint, look up Fight the New Drug. Uh, their title we found today it says a non-religious uh, you know, organization <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like they are literally looking at porn from what it does to, to men, to what it does to people rather. Sorry. Um, and, and that there is direct connections between the use of porn and, and violence. Like, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that you can almost say there's never been a rapist that did first look at porn, you know I mean? Since the, like, and, and they, there's all kinds of studies on that and what that actually doesn't know. That's obviously not the case for everyone. There are apparently billions or, or millions of viewers on porn sites every single day. And there's, you know, not the equivalent to rapists, but it just, it does something to us. And it's just, it, it's such an unhealthy addiction to get into. And, and so what I would say to anyone is the same thing I say to everyone who is addicted or struggling with an addiction is there will never be an easier time to quit than today. Every day you consume, every day that you consume is becoming harder and harder for you to leave it. You're becoming more and more addicted by the day. So don't say I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm going to do it when I'm married or I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know, next week because I have X thing coming up. Like, no, 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 no. Today is the easiest time to quit. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. So if you're struggling and you want to look more into it, we're going to throw in all kinds of resources. Go and start. I know on Triple X Church, they actually have a 30-day program. They want you to go 30 days porn-free. I encourage everyone to go check that out and, and take the challenge. And if you think you're not addicted, take the challenge and see how addicted you are. Yeah. Okay? Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Right. Uh, for, for me, before I go, uh, I want to – there was a question real quick uh, or a statement that was asked to be answered before yeah. we go. It just said this, um, this from gamer dude two sixteen. I disagree with you pastors about not coveting something or someone belonging to you uh, when that something or uh, someone being taken from you by another person, like the case of my son's mom being taken from me by someone I considered a little brother. Um, this kind of be, this will be my last statement for this. This is such 
a hard moment because there was a connection, there was an intimacy, and then mm-hmm. it's gone, right? So like maybe you were married and then adultery happened and then there's a separation and you're literally having thoughts of someone who was your spouse, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a whole other level of difficulty. Um, but here, here's where I would say desiring and going coveting is connected to jealousy and the desire to say that this is mine. And anytime that we close our hands over it, anything that God gives us, then we try to assume control and power over it. Um, not that there shouldn't have been trust or connection or loyalty or commitment between that thing, but if something happens and it's taken away, and we're still coveting it. We're still trying to take it, own it, make it ours. Especially when it becomes a person, then even when it's even when it comes through a process of marriage, and then maybe we connect that to lust, like that's that's still technically what we're not called to do, right? I mean. That's one of the reasons why Jesus says, like, we should avoid divorce at all costs and seek reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But if it does happen, if it does happen, I would say what all these other men have been saying all night, cling to Christ, not the connection of that thing that you see on the internet, or even not even the memory of that thing you see on the internet, or a memory of an experience with a person that you may have done something physical with in the past um cling to christ uh guys i appreciate all four of you all sharing your personal stories being transparent being open but we want to give uh some time to pastor deuston this evening to to be on a soapbox to share what's off of his heart so i want to hand it over to him to be able to speak uh and maybe speak a little more from gleaning from his earlier conversation about what he's going to talk about today uh, but you guys pay attention to Pastor Deuston. He's going to help us close out with our soapbox before we mm-hmm. close for the evening. Deuston, it's all up to you. All right. Thank you, Ferris. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, man, this this whole conversation uh, has been awesome. I, I've enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Um, but, like, I knew it, as soon as we, we picked the topic and – uh, that I was going to be doing the soapbox that I wanted to tell a little bit more about my story. So at the beginning of the stream, I told um, kind of my first exposure and, and it was just LimeWire looking for a new Dragon Ball Z episode, right? And dude, good old LimeWire hit me with it. Um, and that was at the age of 16. And just that brief moment is all it took because it's, you know, it scared me off. I closed it, all that run away, but it's the image that lingers in our mind. Um, but I want to leave you with some encouragement tonight. Um, we've covered a lot of things with like resources. We, we've defined lust, what, what it means, um, the purpose of porn, all these kind of things, looked at all the statistics, and it's all incredible information. But now I want to bring us to the point of, okay, what do we do with this? Um, because there's people in here right now and people who are listening later who are in one of two categories. One, you're a believer. One or two, you're not. Uh, th- those are, are the two categories of people. Um, and here's the deal. I want to look at it uh, from the context of both as it applies to, to pornography. A verse that 
um, helped me so much uh, dur- during the the three years of intense battle after my first time uh, being exposed to it um, was First Corinthians ten thirteen, which says, "No temptation has overtaken you except such as co- such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it." Um, dur- during those those three years, man, that um, that time or, or that verse, it, it was constantly in my head because I always thought I I'm not, I'm not a slave to this. I am, I'm born again. I'm in Christ. He's given me a new nature. I knew all those things. I knew what God's word said about it. I was being as sensitive as I could to the conviction of the Holy spirit. And I always prayed specifically, God, show me the way out. Show me the way out. Your word says that there, you will make a way of escape that I may be able to bear it. So Lord, show me that way, show me that way out. And, um, I, I said earlier that it was primarily from ages 16 to 19. Um, and it was, uh, I got married at, wait, how old was I? (laughs) I gotta do math now. Uh, I was 21. So, I was still in college at 19 and um, I distinctly remember a, just like I distinctly remember that first exposure to pornography. I distinctly remember a night uh, in my apartment wrestling with this, this sort of thing and having a real, just come to Jesus moment where uh, it, it was like, it was more than just conviction. It was like, he, I, I'm offering you freedom there is freedom. Here is that way of escape that you've been praying for. It's now. And I need you to make a decision. And as much as I've, I've told my story about um, being raised in a Christian home and all those kind of things, can't remember a time without loving Jesus. Um, struggled with sin, of course, but uh, can't remember a time before being in love with Jesus. This was the one moment that I can distinctly remember having a, a very uh, a life change moment. And it, it wasn't even, it wasn't in a salvation context. It was, a con- it was the context of freedom from addiction. And God granted it to me that night. And I remember it so distinctly. And I, I dude, it was like my entire life. And I'm telling you the story to tell you there is hope. There is hope on the other side of this. Um, I remember it so distinctly that it was like, dude, I was struggling. I was fighting willpower, you know, nothing, no <laughs> worthless pretty much. Um, but then at this moment, it was like the entire desire was removed from me. And I can only, only attribute that to God, to his mercy, to his grace, a, a gift. Uh, Cause like I said, it, it was this moment where it was like, God, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't. And I need that way of escape and God granted it to me. And so I'm here to tell you, there is a way out. There is the way of escape. First Corinthians 10, 13, that's a promise. And he says that, you know, we're all tempted that no one's, no one's been tempted beyond what's common to man. We're all tempted, but he won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I think a lot of times we focus so hard on the resist the devil, and he will flee from you part, and that's good. That's true. Dude, resist him, he'll flee from you. 
But what does it say first? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. If we will do that, if we will seek God, if we will, like we've been, all five of us have been telling you tonight, if we'll pursue Christ, if we'll submit ourselves to God truly, humbly, say, God, I can't. I I can't do this. I can't fight this fight anymore. I submit to you, your will, your plan for me, have your way in me. Then if we will resist the devil, he will flee from us. I want to tell you, you are not a prisoner of your past. You are not a prisoner of your past. That condemnation that we were talking about with Romans 8.1, dude, there is no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. You're not a prisoner of your past. If you're a believer, so here's where I want to get to the two two categories of people. If you're a believer, first, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation. There's conviction. That's a gift of the Spirit, but there is no condemnation on you. Two, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you have been given a new nature. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are new. Yes, we still have a sinful nature inside of us. It's something that we will struggle with for the rest of our life, this side of eternity, but you have a new nature in you. Romans 6 through 8, dude. I can't read the whole thing, but if I could, I would. Romans 6 through 8. Last week when we were talking about the whole salvation issue and can you lose it, I was I referenced this briefly. I just said, dude, I used to read Romans 6 through 8 so much. This is why I read Romans 6 through 8 so much is <laughs> because of this topic, because of the battle. And I would encourage anyone who is, is fighting that fight, who is struggling with, with this temptation, with this addiction, Romans 6 through 8 gives us, gives us the answers. It tells us the things that we need to know here. But one of the key things that I want to point out to you in Romans 6 is that it says, remember, this is if you're a believer, you are no longer a slave to sin. You're not. You're not a slave to sin. It does call you a slave to righteousness. It calls you a child of God. Those are the things that you are once you are in Christ. You're not a slave to this. The enemy will tell you that you are. Your own mind may tell you that you are, but you are not a slave to this. You can overcome this by the way of escape, by the work of the Spirit. You can overcome to this or overcome this. And if you're not a believer, here's what I want to tell you. The same thing we've been saying all night is pursue Christ. You may feel this this condemnation, this, man, this is, dude, I I hate this. I don't like this. Uh, Or it may even be, dude, I'm all in on this. I don't see what the big deal is. But I'm telling you, there is freedom from it. Because at some point, it'll click that, you know what, I think I'm addicted. (laughs) <laughs> because it is a very addictive thing. I have a very addictive nature. Uh, my, my family, there's a lot of like alcoholics and things like that in my family. I've never struggled with alcohol, but I have struggled with pornography. And it's because of that addictive behavior, that addictive pattern in me. And it, it's one of those things. It's just a tendency that I have. Once I saw, once that first glimpse, which was totally innocent, I wasn't looking for it, but it hit me and entered my eyes. And ever since then, I've struggled with that or no. Let me rephrase. Not ever since then. God freed me from it. But I, from that point on, until God freed me from it, I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. But there is freedom. 
There is freedom from addiction. There is hope on the other side of addiction. Pornography is not too big of a beast for God to slay. God can take it down with a word. He can set you free from it. If you will seek him, if you'll pursue him, he will make clear the way of escape. That's my encouragement for you tonight. Um, I hope, you know, it's it, because of the topic, because of like the, the subject matter, this could be a soapbox where I just get on. And like I was saying earlier, I could just like beat morality down, you know, <laughs> into us. Like, this is wrong, man. Don't do this. What's wrong with us? But to be honest, we do that enough to ourselves. I'm not here to do that to you. I'm here to point you to the one who can set you free. And there's my soapbox for tonight. Nice. Thank you, man. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. There we go. Decent. Great word tonight. Chat, thank you so much for everybody hanging out. Here comes that part of the chat where we shamelessly <laughs> let you all know who we are. So uh, let's start with uh, bottom right, the best hair on stream tonight, and the best soul patch. I'm jealous of it. Uh, go on and introduce yourself, play yourself. <laughs> Hey guys, again, Super Shadow, uh, pastor here on Twitch, and I stream pretty much Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and then Sunday nights here with these guys. Uh, so we'll be live tomorrow, mainly Destiny streamer, um, but love sharing with the Destiny community uh, and telling them about God and getting just connected more uh, with those around um, to share the good news. So if you guys are down, uh, we do things like this. We do a new show every Friday too. We'd love to have you guys come around just at twitch.tv slash Super Shadow. Awesome. Now let's go. Uh, let's go top right. Our soapbox man, beautiful red shirt. Go on and plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi everyone. I'm Pastor Deuston. Everywhere on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. And Rip Camera it just died on me again. Thank you, Camera. <laughs> Great timing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Pastor Deuston everywhere on any of those platforms where you're active and you want to find me, I'm there. Um, I'll plug one thing that I've got going on that we've been doing uh, that's pretty cool is um, we're doing a read through the Bible this year in 2020. So far today, actually, we finally finished Psalms. <laughs> last last Saturday, we knocked out Psalms 1 through 100. Took five Ooh. hours. That was whew, a lot. Last night, we knocked out Psalms 101 through 125. Yes, 119 was in there. And then today we finished uh, 126 through 150. Um, so that was our 20th book of the Bible to read through together. And um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. So join us for that. Love to see you there. Hey, real quick before you go, you've been doing really something cool on your stream and you had an opportunity to bless some people. Can oh, you yeah. tell oh. chat about oh, yeah. that? Because here, here's yeah. the thing. What I'd love to do is be able to invite people to have the opportunity to help bless others. So we let them know what happened and what's been going on. Dude. Yes. Um, so on my stream, we, we started something, we just started in February. This was the first time to do it. Something we call the blessing bank. And what I did is like, because at the beginning of every stream, I always say, uh, I'm a real pastor who plays Pokemon doom and everything in between all with the intention of sharing God's love with the gaming world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is wrong with all my stuff? Um, so I said, you know what, what better way to do that? Where like, if the person's a believer or not believer, whatever, everyone likes money. <laughs> so yeah. I said, you know what, here's a way where we can all get involved and we can uh, tangibly bless someone in our, in our little world, in our little streamer world. So I, I made the donation button on my stream, uh, all of it, anything that comes in through tips or donations, it all goes into something called the blessing bank. And uh, so last month, 
people, a bunch of different people came together, people given, you know, five, 10, 15, whatever, someone dropped a big chunk, but a lot of people just came together. I gave a little bit, I gave what was in a little piggy bank over here. So save it to give it. And, uh, we all just came together and we were able to bring $400 together. And uh, once we had that on the last stream of the month, we just browsed Twitch, found someone who was only streaming to one person at the time. Um, seemed like, you know, a guy who could just use the blessing. He seemed like a cool dude. He had a donation button and we were like, and we prayed and said, Lord lead us. And uh, we just went in there and we gave all $400 to him. We raided him with 33 people and just blew up wow. his chat. We're all following and stuff. And it people so like, fun. dude, it was, was yeah, so shut, cool. shut was up. Awesome. You're there. It, it was so cool. And um, yeah, we're, we're doing it again. We're just going to do it every month. So it's, it's a way for the community to get involved and us to all just show the love of God to someone. So yeah, that's very awesome. Cool. That's thank awesome. you. So thank you so much for sharing about that. I definitely, I definitely just wanted to highlight an opportunity mm. to, to love on more people. Okay. From, uh, this is a direct quote from the mixer stream. This is how I identify this next person from the guy in the top left with the best hat award. That's uh, why don't right. you go on and introduce yourself? That's right. And all you Twitch chat people that are distracted and don't like it, <laughs> just let's, let's look at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> It's beautiful. Anyway, so um, I'm Father Earnhardt. I stream. <laughs> stream. That's funny. Um, every <laughs> once in a while, I'll, I'll stream on Twitch or Mixer um, under Father Earnhardt. Um, otherwise, I'm usually act- relatively active on, on Twitter, Father Earnhardt, and uh, also on um, in the GMA Discord is probably where I'm the most active. And if any of those, you can DM me if you have any questions or anything. Um, you can reach me on those on those platforms. Awesome, awesome! Thank you. And for the for the uh, like beautiful beard award. Oh my gosh, there's an adorable puppy. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jeff, why don't you go introduce yourself? <laughs> sure, sure. I got the I got the puppy still in my spotlight though. So um, <laughs> right. that is an awesome dog. What's up, guys? The name is Doctor Heels on here, um, and I stream on Twitch. Was it Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday? I play a lot of Realm Royale, and I do design, a video editing, stream stuff like that. Um, actually, I'll, I'll throw in a little, uh, another little shameless plug. I'm giving away a full design package. So if you're a streamer, it'd be a full stream redesign, uh, YouTube or whatever, whatever you need. Full design package uh, Monday night at 11.59 because my chat pointed out I said midnight and that would technically be Tuesday. So Monday <laughs> 11.59 uh, we'll be doing a giveaway. So I'll be live tomorrow basically running marbles races. You can earn points to uh, to, to get that and if you don't need a design package for whatever reason um, also you can change it out for a gift card. So, um, But other than that, <laughs> I've seen Trey, Trey can jump in. The first thing you said is like marbles. Um, we played marbles all <laughs> night. We were supposed to be designing something for Solomon but we just played marbles all night. Um, cause I, I kind of had a rule for every sub we play a marbles game and it just, it kept rolling. It was, it was awesome. Um, but also rolling. it kept, oh, puns totally, uh. intended, totally intended. Um, but also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash that bold life where I, uh, upload Christian devotionals and, and Bible teaching stuff like that. Uh, anyway, if you ever guys ever want to come over and hang out, it would be, uh, super awesome. 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 Yep. Uh, and then I am fair storm. I am a mixer streamer. Uh, I haven't been able to string a whole lot this month just because of like life transition. I'm moving uh, soon, a uh, brand new position in the Atlanta area, and I'm super 
super, super, super excited about it. But I will be back up to regularly scheduled in April. Uh, but if you want to, you can follow me uh, at <laughs> I always, I always, I always drop it in chat uh, because. Most of us are on Twitch here. Come hang out with us in Mixer, okay? We have Mixer's awesome fine. people over in the Mixer <laughs> chat, like Ike Shudo, uh, <laughs> hanging out. Uh, but we're having a great time. Uh, I do variety stuff. I've been doing uh, ministry for 10 years, uh, all of it student ministry. And when I get to Atlanta, guys, I'll be doing adult ministry. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I know. Nice. Whoa. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm excited, but uh, come over there. I'm Fairstorm on everything in our Discord, Twitter, Instagram, Mixer, even here on Twitch. Uh, what's most interesting to me is every time I get to be on Pad, I all, all I always drop my Mixer link, but I only gain followers on Twitch, which <laughs> which I don't stream on. So it's oh. very funny to me. Uh, Maybe that's guys, fine. Yeah, no. maybe it is. <laughs> Guys, before we get off, let's uh, let's preview our next uh, question next week. Next week, uh, we are going to be talking about, with everything going on with the coronavirus, how are Christians going to respond? What is our correct response with everything going on? I'm really excited about it. It's going to be... I, Everybody's talking about it. It's covering the news. It's all over Twitter. Uh, especially as a pastor, we're shaking hands all the time. So <laughs> I'm essentially just drinking Germex all the time, just like you know, the, just hmm. just get all you know. Is that healthy all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, you know, okay. I haven't gotten sick yet. You know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> but make sure you come back next week. We're going to talk about what it means, or like, what do we fear? How do we present it? How do we act? in public should it change the way that we do things tons of things going on make sure you're here next week invite people follow <laughs> us on twitter share the post bring somebody to be in this conversation with us guys i hope you've had a great pastors after dark conversation thank you everyone who's been in chat everybody who's talked and asked a question guys it's been awesome before we leave though uh Let's, uh, I'm going to pray and close us. And then I think we are going to go uh, and host someone. I will tell you after we get off, uh, after we finish with the prayer. Uh, but let's pray real quick and we will go bless somebody and go raid them. So, Father, we just thank you so much uh, for some honest conversations today, some great chat conversations and discussion. And here's the reality. Um, maybe we didn't change everybody's mind, but maybe you started a journey to be able to figure out what's it mean to live in this world where sex is in front of us all the time in every form of media, uh, specifically with pornography. Lord, if there's people in chat today, male or female, that's been struggling with it and convicted of it, Lord, I pray that you present them a community. Maybe it's the GMA Discord. Maybe it's relationships that they have at their local church or best friend. And they pursue that accountability and just go, hey, I, I need help. I need help to overcome this. I don't want to just feel guilty or be in a cycle, but I want to overcome this because I want to know who I am. Uh, in Christ, and I don't want to kill love, my ability to love others, or my ability to be loved by others. Lord, pornography is an addiction, and it's something that we have to fight every day to overcome. So I pray that we know that you're on this journey with us to make us into something brand new, 
and has to be more like you. Lord, just thank you for these men. Thank you for uh, just their openness. And I pray that uh, as we continue this season, Lord, that you just bring more people to engage in conversations and grow closer to you. Because that's why we're here. It's not for us. It's all for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you.